0: All right, welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website, nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 364. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Scott. And I'm Ash.
1: I'm Aaron. Hey! hey Did about? I
0: surprise you when I started the podcast? You gave a very <laughs> stunned reaction. Uh,
1: no, a Google ad just like <laughs> popped up into my face. It, it was an Indeed ad and it said, are you looking for a change in your job? and oh, wow. i don't know what i i don't know why that happened and i'm sorry it's so okay
0: sorry. it was so perfectly timed your reaction was like right when i said all right and i was like wow <laughs> i've thrown her finally after the same exact <laughs> intro for 300 episodes yeah yeah it breaks um, her how you guys doing good man today
2: was like the longest day ever cuz we decided at the last minute that we were going to try and take our kid to a pumpkin patch oh. no that he got to skip skip a nap he's still napping but getting your kid to skip a nap is like playing with like yeah you know, do, you, do you want to inject him with some cocaine like see what happens <laughs> so, so, so skipping a nap is a risky endeavor but uh he's conked out now so but it was a long ass day man
0: holiday uh drops naps all the time she dropped one today she Oof. naps probably every two to three days maybe if she decides mm. that's a day she feels like napping and uh still doesn't conk out at night she'll keep going until you have to put her to bed and be like, "You're going to sleep," and then she'll lay there for an hour, just wide awake, trying to stay awake, and then eventually mm-hmm. pass out. Mm-hmm. It's good times. Brutal. I don't think they're yeah. supposed to drop naps at two, but no. she has decided. It's she like will.
2: supposed to be close to five.
0: Well, <laughs> she does why what she wait? Why wait? Why yeah. wait when you can just stop now? You know, That's who cares?
1: Oh man, I wish I could. Uh, can I have her naps? naps? Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Back. We've decided we're still going to do quiet time. We learned from my mom. This is how I was growing up. That. I stopped doing naps like super early and my mom being my mom just and I was the second child so I didn't matter so it was just like throw me in the room close the door be like you're gonna be shut up for an hour and then like walk away from me (laughs) so we're doing that where if she doesn't nap she still goes in and sits in a dark room for an hour doing nothing and we just leave her there it's good parenting Indeed. keep this in the podcast because it's solid parenting advice yeah,
3: for I mean, every person out there start
4: that parenting podcast we <laughs> what not I would just to, love do. to do that for myself just sit in a room like yeah. in the dark for an hour and not have to do anything and not have to worry about anything though. i'd do
0: it have you ever put you've ever put your kid down for a nap and then just sat there for another hour because you were like it's dark and there's like a sound machine going and you're like i can just mm. sit here forever and not do that anything oh yeah. yeah
2: yeah all the time mm-hmm all the time hey scott do you want to
4: like do that rundown thing you yeah do all
0: the time buddy oh, wow. it's it's been so <laughs> the long rundown down 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 down
4: what down, we down. actually do on this show we uh i think traditionally we we talk about what we've been up to and uh maybe some some news things this is halloween week so mm-hmm. um we will talk about some uh halloween type things that we've been doing like 12 hour shift uh the halloween movie franchise uh winter tactics club Ravenloft, gone or two Halloween movie franchise, and then um, we have some Halloween questions of the week. We do. Does that sound right? Did we do all that? Yeah, we did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, sweet. It, it's exciting. Um, yeah. Did anyone else get to see Twelve Hour Shift, or is it just me?
1: No, Steve. I tried. I'm. I'm.
2: No, it's all good. Yeah. I, I'll like because I would have felt bad because we've had Bria on the show a bunch of times and if, like you watched it and didn't like it. I would have been like, I don't know what to do. Because I feel bad about stuff. Uh, But a friend of the podcast, Bria Grant, this is her second feature after Best Friends Forever, which came out at this point, I want to say five or six years ago. It's been a while, maybe not quite that long, but... um, 12-Hour Shift is out now on VOD. You can rent it. I rented it for a couple bucks. Uh, I think it's everywhere where you can rent stuff. It was supposed to be traveling the festival circuit and in theaters at this time. But as with most films on the planet, that's not happening. So you have to kind of just uh, find them where you can find them. Uh, The movie has such an interesting premise. I don't know if you guys have seen a trailer for or anything. Yes. It's Okay. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It is. I love it because it's exactly like, it reminds me of a movie that I would have watched in the 90s. Uh, It takes place in 1999, I think, in Arkansas. Some small hospital, some small town. And the general premise is that a nurse in this hospital has been making a little bit of uh, side money by harvesting organs from patients that are uh, near death. So she'll... (laughs) She'll sort of angel of death them if they're or if they're close to dying. So if someone is in hospice or doesn't look like they're going to make it, she'll wait till no one else is around in the hospital and she'll kill them, harvest their organs, and then um, sells them to an orcist harvesting ring. Uh, so if you hate hospitals and you hate the idea of your organs being harvested, the movie is already <laughs> terrifying because there's lots of organs being removed, and I don't. I just hospitals make me wildly uncomfortable so uh <laughs> they do i just don't like them and this hospital is like the fucking nightmare hospital because everything is just lit with you know overhead the horrible overhead lighting yeah. yeah fluorescent lighting it looks just like shitty and old from the 90s and you know everyone's it's just it everyone's kind of just a little bit scummy <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. uh so you know there's a lot of really amazing twists and turns in this film so Without giving too much away, because I don't want to spoil it, but um, obviously things go horribly wrong and some of the organs being harvested are lost. And so the the organ harvesting gang starts to get involved in the events going on at the hospital. And on top of that, there is a killer who's been locked up at the hospital who escaped from an institution who's like there under watch. And the power goes out and it basically turns into this whole gigantic clusterfuck of like one horrible 12-hour shift and the nurses and the people involved uh, at at the hospital and how they kind of get through the night. Um, It starts, my ears are ringing, sorry. I don't know what's happening are you guys ears ringing no nope. <laughs> it'd be weird if <laughs> all of them were at the same i've been day. awake for like 20 hours um so it stars angela bettis if i don't know if you guys have ever seen an old horror film called may uh or, and she was also in one of the carrie remakes but she's a fantastic actress she plays the main in this film and um she just does a she's a i mean a plus performance from her throughout the entire thing she just plays this kind of I wouldn't even call her psychopathic she's just so depressed and I think hates her job as a nurse so much and she's also on all sorts of like painkillers and drugs throughout the entire film that she's just like miserably like sliding through the film as all these horrible things are happening and like the worst things don't phase her. Like I don't think she screams in terror one time when all these horrible things are are happening. Like you know, she's trying to remove a, a guy's you know uh, kidneys from the operating table, and he slides off the table, and like blood explodes everywhere, gets all over her face, or like someone vomits on her, and she just the whole time is just like fucking I hate this. Like she's just this cranky, Ugh. just like miserable person throughout the entire film. Uh, and you know, it's what everyone I've ever known that has worked in medicine eventually becomes so unfazed by the human body and the horrors that they see that the idea of like seeing someone cut open on a table or getting vomited on, like does not make them flinch anymore, which is wild to me because it's like, you think like that, something like that would just make me, I would, if someone like puked in my face, other than my child, which has happened several times, but if a human puked in my face, I don't know what I would do. I would just convulse and like lay on the floor and <laughs> scream yeah. and wipe it off, yeah. you know. Um so it's beautifully shot. Bria did a really great job with this film. You know, you can tell it didn't have a ton of money, but it's wonderfully lensed, it looks great. I really, really, appra- I don't, I couldn't figure out much about the soundtrack. I need to look into a little bit more, but the, the, the score is really, really cool. It kind of reminds me of, um, do you guys remember Apocalyptica the old like cello metal band? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a deep cut here, but so there's this old cello metal band called Apocalyptica. The, the score reminds me of something that Apocalyptica would do. It's all just like deep, heavy cellos, uh with some some strange like chants going on in the background but it it perfectly fits the tone of the film and i really liked it a lot but um yeah if you're a horror fan or if you're just looking for something really kind of uh different to watch i, I really enjoyed it david arquette's in it he has kind of like a so a minor weird role. yeah i love he, that he's in it he's shredded in this movie though so i think he like he went i don't know if you guys saw this but he did like a, a whole wrestling thing recently yeah in he's
1: he's, he's forcing his I own comeback yes yeah. i appreciate it
2: yeah so he became yeah, I a professional it. wrestler and he actually got like pretty built and uh he, he like still has like that physique in this film you're like when did david Arquette get like up to oh. be a big guy it's really weird
3: <laughs> um
2: because he was always kind of just like lanky and dorky you know but now yeah. he, uh, you know it looks like he could actually hurt someone I'm like this is strange turn of events uh but it's awesome check it out i think you know bria bria is uh really really talented she wrote this and directed it and um she also just put out a, a new graphic novel too about um oh shit i forget what the hell it's about i apologize but it's uh she's you know writing and directing up a storm did a couple episodes of pandora too this season i think so cool yeah let's talk about something she was also in uh the remake of halloween 2 <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, what really?
2: Bria Grant was in that, yeah, Halloween. Too. Wait, who but, did she play? Uh, it's the after the reboot.
1: So, are we talking Rob Zombie? Y- y-
2: yes. No shit. There's been so many Halloween reboots. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'll look it up right now.
0: The Which reboot yeah, was here. LL Cool J, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so a quick recap of the uh, of the yeah. Halloween franchise <laughs> started in '78, I believe. Is that right? Wow. That sounds right. Yeah. Yes. Um, you had Halloween 1 and 2, Jamie Lee Curtis. Those are probably the classics you remember. And then 3 yeah. happened, which was their attempt at changing the Halloween franchise into really just being a general, quote, <laughs> Halloween franchise, like uh-huh. a Halloween themed anthology series that happened every year. So um, there was nothing related to the first two films in three, except for the fact that at one point someone is watching the first Halloween movie on TV. That's how removed it is from Canon. It's a weird one. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it, but if you're hoping for a continuation of Halloween one and two, you will be very disappointed. Um, And then four, they were like, okay, fine. We'll bring back Michael Myers. And then four, five and six, all kind of, continue on that timeline they give laurie a kid
3: mm-hmm.
1: um but Lori disappears um and then it and that that timeline ends with six in a very very confusing but interesting turn of events that involves <laughs> paul rudd a young sexy paul rudd being a weirdo <laughs> um and then and then they rebooted it h20 i think which yeah. was in the 90s and um, that brings Jamie lee the curtis theater, yeah. back and it and it, it's taking place after two so yeah. they completely ignore three through six h20 um,
0: by the way the most 90s way to bring a title back is to call it
1: something oh, yeah. like that
3: yeah h20. and it's very
1: it's very of the time right it's like oh, very yeah. scream it's very like yeah. michelle williams is in it um it's it's a great cast it's not a fantastic movie but i it was one of the ones that i enjoyed the most after maybe two or three
0: not to drag you into this but it definitely left the kind of slow methodic pace of the first two halloweens it was very you're right like it was it it was a different very 90s yeah
1: (laughs) yes yeah it joined the the classic just like you know yeah teen slasher oh the kid the kid who plays young alan and jumanji Is one of the teens in it, which I thought was just the craziest. (laughs) I was like, God, this kid looks so familiar. And I feel like I've seen him like beat up with a bloody lip or something, which is a really (laughs) specific image. Um, Yeah, so I enjoyed that. And then after that, there is another film that I guess would be considered eight if you want to just number them all in order, yeah. But it directly so you follows H twenty. All of
0: these this month.
1: Oh, I watched them all. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. All of them.
0: I love this series. This is my favorite yeah. movie
1: series. I just I haven't done that with any of these slasher films. I've right. seen the first of every one basically, but yeah. I really I had a friend who's been watching all of like throughout October has just been watching every slasher movie ever. Um, and she's like, yeah, it's just really fascinating seeing the development of you know directors coming and going, how they try to keep it alive, how they you know stay with the times. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so I wanted to do that with Halloween. Um, but yeah, and then they they do some wacky stuff after H twenty, whatever that movie's called. Uh, did not enjoy that one. It felt it felt very yeah yeah with the house yeah yeah. It was like it's like an escape one. room, basically, really? in Michael Myers' childhood home. Um, I do not remember that at that all. That
0: one stars Busta Rhymes. I barely <laughs> remember this one. I'm looking at it right now, which is it's why I'm helping. Doing but kung fu. <laughs> yeah, it, it stars Busta Rhymes. 2002. Not to shock you, on what year Busta, Busta Rhymes would be in a Halloween wow. movie? Yes, wow.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then that kind of killed the franchise for a yeah. little bit, and then they were like, "Let's give it to Rob Zombie and see what he can do." So he remade the first movie. Um, So you'll recognize a lot of dialogue. It's essentially the same story with some elements shifted. Um, Like they reveal Laurie being the sister kind of immediately, or they suggest it at least immediately. Of course, if you've seen any other Halloween movie, you know it already. Yeah. Um, And then he did... He did a second one as well.
2: That's the one that Brie was in. So the 2009.
1: I'm trying to Indiana. think, is she a, a she one of the punk Maya, friends?
2: Maya Rockwell was her character.
1: Oh, God, if I remember that. Probably
2: one of the I honestly don't know names. if I
0: saw the second I haven't seen one. this in, since 2009.
2: The
1: second Rob Zombie one is weird. So Lori <laughs> is traumatized from her experience in one and then goes like full – punk like full goth punk she goes from like goody two-shoes girl to just like i can't deal with my traumas so i'm just gonna put on some like rip tights and listen to metal music because that's how i process trauma (laughs) (laughs) that's fine um but i'm i'm wondering if she's i feel like i feel like she she's probably one of her new friends so she leaves her old friends behind for like these cool or like punk girls who like or helping her through it, but also are helping her ignore it. Anyways, very similar, you know, played out things happen in that movie. And then I think they decided the way that he ended it seemed very, very much like an end. Although who knows anymore in this franchise? Right. <laughs> Apparently Michael Myers can survive anything. Um, and then of course we have the 2018 reboot, um, which also i feel i feel like it's kind of a mix of like rob zombie like bringing humor into things he's not involved in it but in terms of like the evolution of the series it it involves more humor and self-awareness but also kind of keeps it kind of reverts back to the original michael myers and in how he moves and acts and attacks basically but um yeah anyways after after
0: watching all of them so like I watched the 2018, I think I even talked about it on the podcast, but I watched the 2018 one, Mm -hmm. kind of sans being immersed in it for a very, you know, I I had not really watched, I think I went back and watched the first Halloween movie, and that was it, before I went and saw the 2018 one, and I walked out actually really enjoying it, and thinking it was a good reboot on the series, it was a good, like, reintroduction to the original Michael, and like, I could see them having legs and making more Halloweens more, again, if they wanted to Mm. after this, but... Having watched all of them, did you enjoy it or did it feel like a little overdone? Did it feel like this was we we're revisiting all the crap that we've done forever? You know,
1: I actually had the opposite reaction. So when I left the theater initially and I hadn't done my due diligence of like rewatching that and whatever. Oh, and the 2018 one also retcons, too. So Lori's not right. Michael Myers sister. It's just. Following yeah, the Yeah, it's of literally life.
0: the first one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I just didn't like get enough of the references. Or like, didn't have, wasn't able to compare it all. But I was just like, yeah, it just wasn't like a good enough standalone movie for me. Um, which I think actually might still wait. Be were
0: true. you on? Did we talk about it on this podcast? I feel like we may I'm have I'm having deja vu. Uh, really? I think you I think and I did. talked about Halloween on this podcast. No, I
2: think we did. I think we did.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. It might have been one of the first times
2: you're on.
1: What is time? And I, know. I probably said awful things. Anyways, I No no no. I
0: remember I've always time. loved your reviews. So like I always look you have very thoughtful reviews. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. when you were like, Oh, I didn't like it as much, it literally gave me pause to be like, yeah. Oh man, was I like enjoying things that weren't there or something. You yeah, know, like was I filling I, in blanks that I didn't know I needed to fill in or something.
1: It's interesting. I bet well, I bet you were just filling things in with a better memory than I had at the time because there were things where like I was just like, what is Jamie Lee Curtis, Lee Curtis doing? Like there's all feels so <laughs> weird and like out of control. And something about watching all the variations of what they wanted Lori to do throughout the series and yeah. then coming back to this. I'm like, yes, this one feels right. Right. This is where she would be. This is how she would be acting. Of course she has a cabin bunker. Like, who wouldn't after that experience? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, and shit, I loved it. It was you and me the,
0: talking about Halloween 2018. What? That's uh, amazing. I have to go October back to October 29th. Two. Oh, my God. It was exactly two years ago from tonight. So. You
2: guys! <laughs> there we go. Oh, my God. Welcome back,
3: Aaron. <laughs> That's I know, incredible. I know you
2: did last year's Halloween show, too, because we had the ska, all the ska music, and that was in last year's show. Oh, yeah. And you what? were on that one, too. So this is your third
1: I forced myself episode. into three oh. annuals. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess I'm coming back next year. I'm yeah, your Halloween it's, guest. It's a thing now.
3: It's
1: <laughs> thing. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I honestly found it refreshing after yeah. the the slog think, of watching them all.
0: I think that's what I felt too. Is I I like I think what was most permanently like I grew up. Halloween was weirdly the for whatever reason the movie the like the horror movie series that I kind of latched onto as a kid, and I watched them all growing up, and and then like the third one was always one that I love revisiting because it's just such a bonkers weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> Season of the Witch, and then. Um, I remember watching H20, I think probably honestly with Scott and like Adam and Andrew, our friends going to the theater and seeing it and just being like, what is this? <laughs> the weirdest revisit to this movie? Because <laughs> it was so like over the top in 90s and yes. uh, just weird yeah. and, and fast paced. And it just didn't feel like Halloween. And then when I went and saw the 2018 one, yeah, I just remembered feeling like, oh man, they are honoring, like it almost felt like it was done by um oh my god the director of the first one
1: john carpenter john carpenter
0: jesus christ (laughs) uh i'm the worst with name blocking uh yeah so it almost felt like it was done by john carpenter like like it was a revisit by him to this movie franchise which it isn't but it's just such a good like honoring of of what the original halloween was so it's it's interesting to hear you come back to it and feel that it's both refreshing and not you know like I don't know, not like a retread too much because that, that was the thing I didn't remember when I watched it was like, are they just fully mm. retreading Halloween?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. And I i mean, like, the, I think the things that I probably initially thought were cheesy watching here, I felt like lived perfectly in the universe and is like totally acceptable yeah. <laughs> amount of cheese. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, do you, yeah. after you watch that much Halloween does it does it impact your psyche in any way, or is it? Do you, do you just analyze it? <laughs> do
0: slow like, walking guys bother you now when you I see? No, I
2: mean, like, anytime I immerse myself that much in like any one thing, I find myself mm-hmm. either thinking about it a lot or overanalyzing, or, or I mean, d- does watching that much Michael Myers like have any sort of impact on you? <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I I feel simultaneously like. Sp- stupider and smarter in in regard of like watching that much watching people do so many dumb things you're just like okay I feel like I, I feel like I could handle it I feel like I know what yeah. I would do not that I could you know one-on-one him but like I've yeah. seen all the pitfalls I know what to do but at the yeah. same time that I, some of those movies are just so dumb i just that always I, wonder yeah.
2: why in every slasher film why the person just doesn't run and keep running like just, just yeah. like, you just don't stop man you just keep yeah. going until until the sun comes up and you're in like a waffle house eating your breakfast yeah. like, <laughs> you just keep and then
1: also also feeling like why did no one do a, a super fast michael myers like that's what yeah. i loved about 28 days later was them reimagining zombies as like the scariest fucking things that oh, will yeah. sprint after you because they don't feel pain. Like they're going to run through their broken leg. They don't give a shit.
3: Yeah. yeah like
1: yeah. why didn't anyone play with that? Why can't he move super fast and be super scary?
2: <laughs> That'd be extra scary. Super fast slasher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like there's always one super brutal killing in Halloween in a Halloween movie that you're like, Oh Jesus. And like, they're always the ones that yeah. felt the realist. The one, if I'm remembering correctly, the one in 2018 is the babysitter. I think is that uh correct there's a babysitter and the newest one that gets killed and you're like jesus and it's like because he just kind of appears in the house essentially Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like well you know they yeah he's always they always manage to write him into situations where you're like with few exceptions although there are some where you're like just run in the other direction and he'll disappear (laughs) from you because you're faster with few exceptions they always manage to write him into situations where you're like Oh, I don't know what I would do <laughs> if there was a right. a person who right. seemingly physically can't be stopped and is just in a small room with me, and I'm stuck. Yeah. You know, and
1: like once he grabs you, I think it's like yeah. you're done. You're yeah. done. Yeah that that that's a good scare because it's the kid that she's babysitting saying that there's someone in in his room, and she yeah. checks and she's like, "There's no one there," and he's and she tucks him in. You know says sweet things and then she tries to close his closet door and it just looks like something, something's blocking it. And she tries again and then opens it and he's just like, boom, and yeah. grabs her. Oh, it's so good. And the We'll get like, him out.
0: Yeah. Kid runs. Doesn't he? Doesn't he take off? Yeah. The yeah. kid's
1: great. That's, that's totally Danny McBride. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <actually>. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Did you guys have a favorite one of the classic horror franchises growing up? Like, because I know a lot of a lot mm. of kids that grew up with like, you know, Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. Halloween, Hellraiser. Like, there's sort of like a, the golden era of 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 those films with those class. Did anyone have like a favorite iconic character? Or I mean, Halloween
0: film? was my favorite yeah, was growing favorite. up, but I had I had this weird like unfulfilled uh, affection for Hellraiser because we had hbo and i always thought it was like oh i'm gonna watch hellraiser and then i would like watch them as like a 12 year old and be like what the fuck is going on like yeah. <laughs> they're the most nonsensical movies oh, in the world, world. but yeah. it was just like all like it was like visual of like what is this like crazy body horror shit going on that that's what yeah i think that's was
2: fascinating to kids with hellraisers like the meat hooks shooting out of the box yeah. and everyone just yeah. being like Whoa!
0: <laughs> hellraiser never made and and of course like i was a kid with hbo at my house so i watched them probably in who knows what order if there was any order at all i was probably like hellraiser 43 before hellraiser 2 and then i was like i don't know what's going on in any of these but halloween was the one that for whatever reason grabbed me when i when i saw it when i was little
2: yeah Mm. i was an elm street kid for sure um i still remember my dad (laughs) i was like really little my dad taking me to see nightmare on elm street 4 in the theaters and like we got there and I don't know why, but the, there was like a line around the block to go see Elm street Four. Uh, I guess they were very popular at the time. So we actually waited in line to go see Elm street Four, which I think was the dream master. Yeah. I think it was dream master. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, like those, those movies for me, like I watched, gosh, I think the, the dream warriors, I don't even know how many times, like I probably a hundred times as a kid. Cause again, that was another movie that was on HBO all the time so mm. we would watch Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors and it was it was great like I it's one of the things I think that actually got me into horror a lot as a kid was the Elm Street series and the I first a... Elm Street movie holds up Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> holds up to this day it's still I, good. yeah that
1: was my my runner-up for which franchise to to dig deep into my my answer is shitty and I think it has to do with you know my age and the movies that I, I, I'm trying to think of like when I actually went back in time to watch like the classic slashers. And it I don't think it was until like college that I actually understood that that was worth doing. Right. But um, I was super into the Final Destination series. As it They're is. good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It was just so mind boggling to me. Like that kind of stuff haunts me the, the every day like oh i could this could mur- this could kill me right now yeah. and like being able to just like live out all those scenarios and see them play out was oh man some the of one them on like,
2: the highway uh, still haunts me to the truck the log truck the yeah. yeah. <laughs> behind the log and truck then I'm the like, lady the, the
1: hook the hook in the elevator uh, right do you know what i'm talking about
2: yeah i remember yeah. the hook in the elevator yeah, yeah. i remember Ugh. the third one with the roller coaster um, mm-hmm. Everyone just bouncing off the roller, co- falling yeah. out of the roller coaster and just like <laughs> getting impaled and just like, oh, yeah. my Lord. Like, it's like the Rue Goldberg of just death and destruction, those films.
1: It's ridiculous. And like,
2: and once you watch them though, it gets etched into your head. You're like, I better not it step does. on that rolly thing or else yeah. like, that brain bone's going to go up my ass and then I'm just chilly on my crotch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to They die. stick with you. Yeah. It's awful. Well that's awesome. So I'm glad you're rewatching Halloween. Uh I don't know how much I want to I mean I guess we, we could shift. let's talk about Wintermore Tactics Club. And then if we have time we'll talk about Genshin Impact because no one really wants to hear about Genshin Impact. But I want to hear about Wintermore
4: <laughs> Tactics Club. Uh
1: yeah. So Wintermore Tactics Club is a game that I stumbled upon um and uh I, someone in the in the Steam reviews which is part of what got me hooked um called playing it is like like cuddling in a blanket and sipping some cocoa and i agree with that completely it's just a it's just it's it's honestly it's a family game and i think um younger kids and i I can't put an age on this because i really have no idea at what age kids start like understanding strategy games (laughs) but it's it's made for a younger audience it kind of reads like a young adult novel um it's it's about some kids who are um in a you know like a, um, an, a generic dnd club um at their boarding school and one day the principal shows up and he says we're i'm gonna like get rid of all clubs except for one which is going to be the ultimate club and to prove that you're the ultimate pl- uh, club we're gonna have a snowball tournament <laughs> very random <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense um but the tactics club is like oh we got this like we will just treat the snowball fights like, you know, our our D and D games. And so all the practice that you've been doing in, in the in the club, just learning each character's abilities and, and what fights what. Um, then you start having real club on club fights. Um, and it doesn't play out like a snowball fight, it plays out like the tactics games have. Oh cool. Um, so it's it it's half, you know, like just um you know, tactics uh, like this guy can move three squares and has a range attack and this guy can pull this guy this many spaces, whatever. Yeah, I looked at the this trailer magic, it looked, very,
2: looked very classic like Final Fantasy tactics. and It's
1: just, it's so lovely is yeah, all I can say. Really like cool. I just, it was a game that I thought I would put a couple hours into and then I found, I came back to it like multiple nights in a row because I was just like, you know, this isn't challenging me really and it's not. You know, the, the narrative isn't super compelling, but it's it's enough to keep me like feeling engaged and, and happy. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. I, I
4: like those games, the ones that I do feel you know, like a warm hug, you know, where you don't have yeah. to like, you're you're doing stuff but it's not like not like taxing, it's not stressful. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like this looks great. You know. Yeah.
2: yeah. That actually segues pretty good into Genshin Impact, which I guess I will talk about. Because <laughs> it's the same sort of game for me. Um Genshin Impact, like uh, I told Matt and Scott about this earlier this week, but it's sort of this strange anomaly of a game. It's uh, developed in China. It had a $100 million budget. woof, Converted to U.S. dollars. I don't know what that is, but $100 million U.S., um, which is a huge, you know huge amount of money for, for a game like this, but it's just a, it's a traditional RPG, but the thing that's kind of wild about it is it, it looks a lot like Zelda breath of the wild and plays a lot like Zelda breath of the wild. It has the same stamina system and exploration and open world, but it's a uh, PS4 iOS, Android and PC cross uh cross play cross save. So like you can pick it up on, on your phone or on your tablet or on your 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 ps4 or your pc play for a while and put it down and all your progress saves um it's it's beautiful to look at i mean it has the same sort of uh cell shaded pastel-y look of of the zelda games or the newer zelda games
4: oh my gosh even the the music on their website sounds like zelda oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like it's very very zelda um but it's it's what they call a gotcha game in that
2: the whole the whole shtick is that it's about character collection so you start off with a single character and as you progress through the the main narrative and everything is voice acted and there's cinematics and it's it does not feel in any way shape or form like a mobile title which as someone who works in mobile i kind of know how microtransactions and mobile stuff works and this is like <laughs> this is just really broken the mold there are loot boxes and and things like that or what they call wishes which give you an opportunity to unlock new weapons and new characters but um i've played for maybe i don't know 10 to 15 hours and haven't really wanted to pay for anything and i've unlocked eight characters they all play very differently they all have different skill sets and moves they're all voiced by different voice actors Hmm. uh they all have different animations and and they all have personalities it's really strange and like some of the, and you figure like a game like this would just be fetch quests and dungeon grindy. but it's not like that at all it's like a legit mm. rpg there's like a mission where i had to go you know help the librarian retrieve library books and at the end of the mission she's like hey let's go to the cafe and just like talk and i was like what the hell so like it, i just went went around and got some library books then i went back and talked to this other character and got to know, know them a bit and unlocked a side quest to go into this little mini dungeon where one of the books was being like held by a wizard. And I'm like, this is cool. I mean, like, you know, and similar to Wintermore Tactics Club, the narrative isn't my absolute favorite. You know, the the dialogue's not the best, but like to to sit there and be able to explore this beautiful world for zero dollars and um to have this like fast, fluid combat is really cool and refreshing. And it there's no like you know everything right now is so heavy and like uh life is pretty heavy there's a lot of negative shit going on and like to have a game that's just like oh i can just like run around this pastel pretty world and like kill slimes (laughs) with my magic (laughs) it feels pretty awesome to kill slimes with my magic uh for zero dollars and and the combat uh really quickly to touch on that is really really well done the characters all have different combos you can like say like cast a wind spell with one character and then you can actually swap between your characters on the fly so you can switch to like a fire character and as that wind spell is firing off you can fire like a fireball in there and it becomes a fiery tornado that you know will lift the guys in the air and burn them at the same time and then you can switch to an archer and shoot the flying guys with you know arrows like oh this is just this is do you
4: hot swap the characters like while you're While you're playing,
2: yeah, yeah, they they have like maybe a one second cooldown, so you can switch, you can set up your teams of any the characters that you unlock. Uh, Right now, I have eight characters, I have two teams of four that I bring out, and uh, you can swap on the fly to you know any of your the teams of four that you that you have set up uh, at any time. So there's no you know you don't have to really grind anything or do anything weird to get that ability. It's just part of the actual mechanics Mm -hmm. of the game. And there's all sorts of mini stuff, too. There's a gliding mechanic that lets you, you know, fly from high high places so you can glide around. And there's fish? a... There is... I don't know if there's fishing, but there's cooking.
3: I
4: was
2: going to say, it's say it's is there, there cooking? Yeah. There's cooking. <laughs> cooking is a huge part of the game. Like, there's food and stuff everywhere. Recipes all over the place. All of it gives you stat buffs and resurrects and all that kind of fun stuff. But anyway, so it's called me, Genshin Impact. Um, let me ask you a technical question. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
4: What... How does it play going from like mobile to mouse and keyboard to controller like does it work does it make sense to do that
2: yeah it's wild man i i was i play a mouse and keyboard on pc um i have a pretty solid pc rig so obviously the game looks a lot better on pc than it does on ios but it's totally serviceable on ios too it has um screen control so little like you know little virtual thumbstick on uh, on ios but the way the combat is set up um it all makes complete sense when you get the hmm. controls in your hand and it doesn't feel weird to go through a dungeon or to go through combat on on a, on a tablet or a phone um i feel like it's a lot it's obviously a lot more fluid on pc just because the hardware's you know if you have good hard, hardware yeah. the hardware's so much nicer but um yeah, it does have uh, some form of multiplayer component. I think you can co-op through dungeons later on, but I, I haven't seen any other players or anything, which is really refreshing to me. <laughs> like oh, all of these games <laughs> where you like log in and it's just a sea of blue names. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Buttcrust 69. You know? Advertise
4: as an MMO though. Like do you not, does it not, do you not encounter a lot of people in the game?
2: Uh, I think what you have to do is as you progress a little bit further in the game, you unlock different dungeons and i think those become multiplayer experiences if you want to do like the the raids or or dungeon crawls oh, and stuff cool. like that but the world yeah. itself the overland map and like the the narrative the main narrative of the game is completely single player it's just a single player old-fashioned rpg with mm-hmm. a silly story about gems and <laughs> time warps and dragons you know the, the very very typical uh yeah eastern yeah, yeah. rpg tropes yeah but it's awesome i really i'm I'm really enjoying it it's fun it's, it's super easy like i don't think i've died once this <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> is nice yeah
0: do y'all ever hear yourself describe a game to somebody i'm only going to use this example because you just said it ash and it made me think about it but do you ever hear yourself describe a game to somebody and then just be like I could have just done that in real life, I guess. (laughs) Where you're like, yeah, there's a mission where you go to the library, you get some, you find some books and then you like talk (laughs) to somebody and you have a really nice conversation over a cup of coffee. And you're like,
1: yeah,
0: Oh, I could have just done all of that in real life. Couldn't I? Or at least prior to March Uh, of this year.
1: That was like when I, when I was talking about spirit fair and one of my favorite mechanics was the cooking mechanic where you're just pairing different ingredients. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, you get to like throw different things in the oven and figure out what makes what, it's like, Aaron,
0: Aaron, you could just do that <laughs> you can make food and drink for yourself and see how it goes. that means
2: we miss normalcy and uh, yeah going Seriously. to the library and yeah. eating eating dinner with people at a table. Uh, let's talk about Ravenloft What's going yeah on? Ash did you ever play Ravenloft growing up? Oh man I think I think we had the books for yeah. the campaign, but I don't I think like we ever had the books I don't think we ran <laughs> through it.
4: I think Do you guys looked look at the cool pictures and stuff?
0: Scott, are you familiar with Ravenloft? Do you remember what it
4: is? I'm I'm familiar with it from uh, Spellfire.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Aaron, have you have you ever? Okay, no. So R- Ravenloft is a is a edition of D and D that was created I think during 2.5, probably maybe two, but it was created a long time ago, and it's essentially D and D's attempt at like dark gothic horror. And there's a very Dracula like character named Strahd who lives up in a castle and he's tormenting these towns and you as adventurers kind of land there and have to, you know, figure out what's going on and, and how to deal with Strahd ultimately. Um, They re-released it for fifth edition uh, in a, in a very nice book. I think I have it actually. Did I get it? Now I don't remember if I got it. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't see it at least Um, they re-released it for fifth edition with some tweaks to some of the systems and stuff. And then they are either they have re-released it a third time or they are in the process of rewriting and re-releasing it because it has some very, very questionable things inside of it (laughs) about groups of people. Uh, (laughs) Apparently D and D in the seventies, a little uh, not great with their diversity and, non-stereotypical treatment of different groups of people and this has a few different groups like that uh inside of it and they're in there and dm is actually very good and kind of deftly avoids large paragraphs of text <laughs> and just moves through things very quickly that's nice so you don't have to think about you know what what's going on with uh the Vistani which is one of the groups that are based roughly off of uh now i don't know if this is the right word i'm gonna say it and please delete it if it's the wrong word roughly group off of a group of gypsies if you will is that do we still we're still everything's cool okay uh (laughs) but like the most stereotypical it's like super stereotypical and like bad stereotypes and really poorly written around it um uh, but what I will say about the game is that it is it is a pretty hard left turn for D&D. This really is a setting that sits well outside of your normal kind of like swords and adventuring. Um, basically, everything you fight is undead or next to undead. Um, and it is brutally hard. Like mm. hard on a level that basically any good DM will be like, hey, you might die. We'll just roll a new character and we'll just keep going after that because... Death is like almost a guarantee at some point during this. Melissa is playing with us, my wife, and she um, she is known for running into a room and just like swinging a sword pretty quickly. <laughs> and she twice got taken down to zero in the first oh, no. the first two sessions. She died a of lot picking. in oh, no. my
2: too. I remember she yeah. died a bunch. Yeah. She was always on death's door.
0: She loves running in and just doing some stuff. Uh, and she... She uh, yeah like ran it. like there's a there's a setting in the very first thing that you you go to is like this kind of haunted house scenario and she just kind of like ran into a hallway and then it was like full of ghouls and you're like <laughs> okay and it's like a two a two square hallway which if you've ever played D and D two squares is basically near impossible to maneuver around and and uh, she got trapped up front and and got killed uh, not permakilled but like knocked down to zero and then we brought her back or whatever but uh, what I was gonna say about it is that if you really really love Uh, gothic horror and you've really loved D&D and this isn't your first time playing (laughs) D&D then I think Ravenloft's actually pretty fun and pretty interesting my biggest complaint on it which is a big complaint from a lot of the settings from this era which would include like Dragonlance uh, some of the Forgotten Realms stuff and Ravenloft is that it's written on rails so there's no There's no exploration as an adventuring team. Like there's really nowhere to go. You literally go from one town to another town to another town. And if you stay outside of the town too long, you just get murdered like immediately in the forest. Like there is no living in the forest at night. You either are in a town or you're dead. Um, So it's very railsy. So you're just kind of like, you talk to this person and then like, it is made very evident who the next person you need to talk to is. And if you try to divert and talk to somebody new, Like, either there's not a ton of information there to go on, or there's just not a lot that can happen. Uh, And again, our DM's really good. He actually, there's, like, a point in the book where you get this um, fortune told to you by the Vistani, and uh, one of them tells you to, like, go find a man with a monkey who's more than he seems or something like that and we had latched onto to this very tertiary character that he mentioned unfortunately for him very early he just like said a name for this like toy maker and we we just like everyone in the group was like this is the person we're gonna go find and we're gonna buy some toys so that was like our only mission in the game at that point point. <laughs> always happens. and he, he very deftly like flipped two characters to focus on like one of the ones that we thought was good he basically just took the backstory from another one and like gave it to the one that we were all super interested in which is like a great dm move but not something that was in the book. Like we were very clearly supposed to talk to the other person and like, it's just written in a way that it's very plotted out the whole way through. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you've never DM'd before, do not choose Ravenloft as your first one. It It is, it would be, I can't imagine it would be fun. It would probably be very brutal. If you've never played before and you're playing with an experienced group, I think that would be fine. But if it's like a full group of you that are just like trying D&D for the first time, this would be a really terrible setting. So avoid it. Um, but it is fun. It is super gothic-y horror. It's great to play during October and like have fun going through a bunch of haunted houses, essentially, and fighting different demons and ghouls and ghosts. Um, and it's, it can be written very well, but some of it's a little clunky. Uh, so you know, if you are super interested in it, then it's it's great. It's been out for 30 years. I don't really have to tell you whether it's good or not. But it's it's a fun game, uh, for more experienced D and D players. But it is pretty brutal, and I could see even being experienced, you get kind of worn out on it pretty quick. So different, but Very yeah, cool. that that is why I think none of us played it as children. Yeah, because <laughs> we probably all read a paragraph and we're like, what, <laughs> and
4: just never went any further with it. Right. Right
0: spellfire was a card game that scott and i played that's why yeah, we knew what Ravenloft I wish, was
4: I, I i don't know what happened i must have sold my cards i wish i still had them i, I looked I it up in we played
0: you gave them to me i have everybody's cards um, i don't have, have spellfire, spellfire i don't Fire think cards? i'll have to look i have all the vampire cards
4: no i have the well i have the vampire <laughs> cards i have vampire cards Ooh, okay. i
0: got the big crate of them with all the who, different
4: who has the rage cards
0: Oh, it must be Adam. I don't know. Does I don't have Adam them. Adam
4: have those? Okay. I wish somebody still had the Spellfire cards. I just, I only have the, the vampire. I went and...
0: back and read a review of Spellfire, and it is not rated well. Oh. <laughs> we played it a lot, and it's rated like a cool. very poorly.
4: <laughs> I mean, the pictures were cool. I just
0: Spellfire like... was D and D's attempt to be Magic. Mm. Like D and D realized they were just sitting on just gallons of IP that they could make a game with, and Magic was making bazillion dollars at the time, and spellfire or D D was like we'll make a game called spellfire and like we latched onto it but apparently no one else really did and... i was
4: not convinced we were playing that game correctly just we probably of... weren't yeah okay <laughs> uh, were we playing
0: any of them correctly remember when we went no, to the mall and played oh, vampire yeah. and yeah. yes
4: i do yes i do anyways we went to um i'll just tell the story we went to a <laughs> a, a, a tournament at the mall at our local mall and like it was with much older people who like clearly were like heavily invested yeah. in the card game and they were like correcting us on all the rules at the table and I was like oh shit we've been playing this game wrong the whole time Yeah. but then when I thought about it I was like I kind of like the way we were playing the game and we just kind of went back home after that and just played amongst ourselves and we yeah. never played with anyone else ever again but like I think making up our own rules was the right approach ultimately we should we should
0: clarify this mall we went to also has a Kmart and a Publix in it it wasn't the most legit mall ever created <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh i remember we all sat with one guy sat down he corrected how we said almost every word in the game oh, and then we were just oh like we all God. stood up and we're like well we're not doing this anymore <laughs> Like, just Jesus. walked away
3: yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, he's man. like that's not how you say it that's, that's not how you say so it it's like weird. a 30 year old man too yeah. correcting like 15 year
4: old boys were, like, some, there was some five dollar words on those cards and we just didn't yeah we just didn't have them back then that's yeah. okay man, that's man. Right. <laughs> Good anyways can you tell us about Goner too, Scott? Yeah, so um, uh, it's I think it fits well into a Halloween theme, but it's a um, it's very it, playing the game is very out of character for me, which um, is part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up. I played the first one. Uh, both games are on Game Pass, which is like how I'm discovering a lot of cool indie games these days. But if you've ever played, uh, what the hell is the name of that game that everybody liked, where it's like the roguelike platformer? Um, uh, side-scrolling roguelike platformer fighting game. The one Ash like, and I played? Dark something demon. It's like a DS game. Oh. The
0: one that... DS
4: game or a Switch game? It, the initials are, are DS, right? Oh. Like the one that everybody played. I don't remember what, what it was called. Dark Souls? Demon Souls? No, the the side-scrolling one that's like you get the weapons and you go through and you die. Oh my gosh. And... Why can't I think of the we name? Played, uh, yeah, we played... You and I played,
2: didn't
0: it. we, Ash?
4: Yeah we played it on yeah. switch what is it, it called why do i not know what it is i don't know the it <laughs> just on. escaped my brain but anyways <laughs> it's if you've played if you like games like that you'll like goner but it's just this game is a little um bit quirkier in the way that you play through it like the art style is really bizarre and um the game encourages you to and it's kind of like a more of like a bullet hell game so you're you're twin stick shooting as opposed to like doing more dead cells thank you dead cells yeah so mm-hmm. if you play dead cells you will like this game but um, it's, um, it's interesting because it's got a lot of quirky game mechanics that kind of push the game along. So sort of like uh, that game, you do die a lot and you can go into the game with different items each time. But in this game, they treat them as um, a backpack, uh, like a head for your character and then a weapon. And um, what's interesting is that if you get hit, you lose those things and they all kind of like pop off your character. And so you're not automatically dead. You have to go retrieve them uh, in order to, like, continue playing through the levels or not. So, like, if you're very good at this game and you can just get through the game by kind of, like, maneuvering and, like, um, there's always a dash mechanic so you can attack things by dashing. So um, you can still kind of fight your way through the game. Like, there's, like, all right. these kind of, like, near-death states that you can be in. Um, and then it's... Does it just, take I'm place... so? In terms of the like the aesthetic of it, is is
2: it's it side scrolly? Yeah, does it so take is it, place in like a dungeon, or is it in like in a different
4: type of area? It's just like in. It looks like it almost looks like an art style game, but it's not. Okay. But, um, what it does is that the the game, you know, like those games, it is procedurally generated, but the level kind of like materializes as you're going through it, so you can't really see too far ahead of where you're going. Um, and then the game also has a combo system, so the longer that you can continue to defeat enemies while the combo bar is active it actually affects the colors in the game world Mm. and it's kind of it's crazy because in the first game if you built your combo up high enough it goes from this very color like colorful vibrant world to like everything is just black and white and then it just kind of and then it stays that way for the rest of the game and it kind of adds like a different layer of i don't know complexity or or it just makes the game feel different um but it's just kind of cool to see like all of the different it, it's got like a really great color palette which changes with your combo uh, which is super interesting too and then um, because this game is like sort of a little bit more abstract in its presentation um, you have to kind of spend more time figuring out like even how the game works oh really so like dead cells is fairly straightforward and it's like hey you know you collect these cells and you buy stuff with them and then you start again and then you can save them or whatever but like this game removes sort of all of that like upfront mechanics and just lets you figure out like in the first game it was very easy for me to locate new weapons which would then be available on subsequent runs but uh on this one i can't on goner 2 i can't find like any new weapons or any new skulls so i think there's something that i'm missing and i need to learn how to do it and i think that's part of the fun of the game and it's like like i said i normally don't really care about games like this i don't like uh roguelike games necessarily and i'm not like a good like souls player but there's something about this game, like the uh, mechanics are really crisp. There's like a you know double jump and a dash, and like you can twin stick and shoot in any direction. And it's like you know because you get to that near death thing, it's like you're it's very frantic right, um, the right way that you play through the game because it's trying to make you play through quickly to keep that combo going, which gives you more points, which you can then use to buy stuff like at the checkpoints basically. Um, so it's just really interesting. And it's mm. you know if you have Game Pass, it's in Game Pass, but it's on you know steam or whatever else but um yeah it's gone or two it's just really like something about the art grabbed me cool and then um just kind of went for it so yeah like but it's it's definitely got that kind of like spooky aesthetic it's not like scary but like you know it's basically death is asking you to do stuff for them and that's kind of like the the motivating factor in the game and then like like all of those games you just kind of like you try you die you learn something repeat eventually you get different weapons and different uh, skulls which give you different abilities Um, so you might get like a double jump or you can dash longer or like a bigger clip or whatever for your ammo but kind of gives you different ways to play through the game and then like in the original one kind of like dead cells they started doing like daily challenges as well so it's it's got some things in common with that game but it it does its own thing which i think is pretty cool too so that's um, goner and goner 2 i think are both in game pass and they're both uh pretty great cool man that's awesome
1: that's awesome yeah i'm I'm, i have a video of it playing right now and the art style is really cool
4: yeah Yeah. it is it is hard so like that's the only thing (laughs) i'll throw out is that if you're not um if you want that kind of experience i'll just throw that out there right away that it's um it's quite challenging and um like i said one of those ones where you die a lot so if you're cool with that then give it a shot awesome well let's take
2: a quick break and come back with just a quick little news segment and then we'll get out of here All right, we're back with some quick news items. Uh, The first one is sort of a non-news item at this point, but this kind of made waves this week, and I thought we could kind of talk about it for a few minutes, but it's um, Cyberpunk 2077 getting delayed again. Which uh, I'm both happy for for selfish reasons because it means that I can uh, play the new Assassin's Creed for a little while first.
3: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Or <laughs> but, any uh, of the many other games right. that we have to play. But, mm-hmm.
2: but unhappy because I know that the folks working on this game now have more crunch time uh, ahead of them. Which uh, is never a fun thing. And also, you know, there, there's been news all over the place this week that a lot of the folks at CD project red have been receiving threats of violence against them because of the delays and oh God. Uh, uh, to the point where a lot of them have like left social media and are just like laying low for a while. Um, and the interesting little tidbit beyond that is that the majority of the people working on the game, the report I read said about 90% of the people working on the title were not even aware that there was going to be another delay. Uh, there was a, a call with investors where they revealed what was happening and then sent a company-wide email once the decision had already been made and then um once the decision was made that's when you know everybody found out that it had already been extended it wasn't like the the company itself was not widely aware that there was going to be another delay until it kind of hit everywhere so you're, you're working there and all of a sudden it's like oh you're gonna be working on this game another month it's like oh man yeah but um, yeah
1: i can only imagine they were also already crunching super hard if yeah. they didn't know it was getting delayed then they were working towards the deadline yep. and then told continue to crunch but continue <laughs> to crunch for much longer yeah Which is just a because it's mess. like if, it, if this was
0: delays because there's been reports coming out about the game where <clears throat> originally cd project red had said oh, we're not going to do crunch time. We're going to make sure everybody's got plenty of time to get this stuff done. And then, of course, now it's coming out. And they're like, oh, they're absolutely in crunch right now, like trying to hit yeah. this deadline. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And it's like, if the delay was happening because they were like, we're not going to do crunch time and yeah. we pushed it out because that's the, look, either you get a game that's not complete or you get a complete game later on. And we're not going to like, you know, do 70 hour weeks and stuff for our employees. I think that would be fine. I'd be like, "Who cares? That's great. Like, push it out. Let let everybody have time to make it to get it done." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the fact that it's not, the fact that we know it's not, and the fact that we know this is just going to be another month of crunch for these this poor team, right? Really bums me out. Like, I, it just it's just sad. <laughs> I just want this yeah. people not to have to like kill themselves to get these games put out. You right. know, what I mean, it's insane.
2: Right? And, you know, the fact is, is that they're sort of at this point they're at the mercy of the marketing machine, right? they've been putting out their their night city wires they have like you know all of this stuff ready to go all these huge marketing beats and it's like well you don't want to fall into the same trap of like what happened with marvel like marvel is still releasing like black widow and like all these toys right now and the film isn't coming out till next summer now you know because they had all these marketing beats set up that they can't match so i mean there's you know a lot of money at stake but i think matt's absolutely right it's Really unfortunate that the guys working on the game and the, the staff working on the game, I say guys universally, but um, the staff working on the game has to, you know, endure this for a longer period of time. I mean, a lot of people were shocked because they went ahead and said the game went gold. So the game is complete. You can play through it, you know, from beginning to end. But from what I understand, they're working on the Day Zero patch, which is like a lot of bug fixes and minor Mm -hmm. tweaks and just quality of life stuff that they're kind of plugging away with at this time. So, you know, I... We talked about this last week a little bit, but (laughs) I'm so behind on everything that, like, I... Like, this game could come out next May, and I'd be like, that's cool. It's fine (laughs) by me. Like I know. know.
1: I'm the same way.
2: Time just vanishes for me now anyway. Like, october 1st could have been yesterday i have no idea
1: (laughs) yeah
0: i do actually want to call out something for cyberpunk though i don't you know we get a lot of games marketing and we live in the world of constant emails for games marketing uh i actually think cyberpunk has done a very good job of kind of it's not organic it's definitely you know planned out and thought of but their their methods of like the the what was it, the Night Wires or the Night City Wires or whatever, the releases they're doing of, like, information, some of the videos they're putting out, like, the content they're slow rolling out to people has actually been fun for me to watch. It's some of the first time I've really, like, watched a 20-minute YouTube video about, like, how a, how a mechanic's going to work in a game. And it's been interesting and fun to me. And I actually think that they've done a good job at all of that. And I don't always say that. I usually think marketing just goes poorly. I feel like marketing is only there to remind you that the game's coming out or to ruin the perception of a game for you. Like, it's going to be one of those two things. And, like, you should either shut up and not say a word other than, like, the game's coming and, like, just let it <laughs> let it roll out. Or, you know, they clearly have a good product, but they also have what I think is a very good marketing team putting a solid plan behind this thing. And I've, I've watched a lot of it and I've taken part in a lot of it. I think it's pretty cool. So yeah. they've done a good job.
2: Those Night nice City Wires are really well-produced, too. Yeah, they're, they're, like, like the, super well-produced. The last one about, uh, I never thought I would enjoy recording audio of motorcycle engines. But like oh, yeah. Put this video out of oh, them, yeah. like, <laughs> <for> car- <laughs> did you watch it, Aaron?
3: Yeah.
1: No, I, that's absolutely something like, I would click
2: on. <laughs> it's totally, it was, like, Keanu Reeves and his partner out at, like, out at a track, talking about, like, how excited they are that these motorcycles that they help build in the Mm. game and they recorded all the different sound effects for like all the different car engines and they just nerded out about like audio recording and engine size for like 15 minutes i'm like this is actually really entertaining that's
1: awesome yeah i
0: watched like a 15 minute one about like refused and like the music that's going into the game and stuff they've just done a really solid job of like focusing their marketing efforts and like putting solid messages out and it's just always looked good you know like they, they really have done a good job of not crapping all over the game by releasing stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i know sounds weird but like it often happens like companies have very well intended marketing and then people get their eyes on it and they're like oh that looks not good (laughs) you're like oh no we should have said nothing you know (laughs) so i think they've done a really good job that's all i I thought i'd call it out but yeah
2: so is anyone um in this group actually upset about the delay or is everyone like whatever (laughs) i see lots of whatever's
4: I don't think so no I mean because like you said we've got plenty of things to play and I think like for the majority of people that are not like living on the bleeding edge these games don't have to come out like on a certain date right there's like a right there's probably like a a core group of people that are waiting for the game to come out and everyone else will play it in in the spring for the spring sale or whatever it goes on sale or whatever it might happen right away right so it's going to be a you know, big game. It's going to take people a lot of a lot of time. To yeah, do, a couple yeah, weeks but, at least. I mean, certainly there are other games, right? There's other yeah. other things yeah. to do. This is entertainment, right? So I think you know, yeah, I think
1: that's how fun. I feel about like all delays. It's it's, it's yeah. like it can only mean that either it's allowing the devs to have a a better life while they finish the game,
3: mm-hmm.
1: or the game's going to be better for it. Like it never is because, in my mind, you know they're ruining the game like it's yeah. just like it only means something better <laughs> they're is back
0: happening. there hacking terrible things into the yeah. game <laughs> well ad bugs this week um, <laughs> uh, i actually wish and this will never happen because there's no business person possibly savvy enough to ever let this happen who knows i'll let you guys decide uh but really huge artists like bands and and i i'm trying to think if there's a good example movie wise i feel like there is but it'd be like netflix or amazon or something but, like, uh, I'm just going to use this example of somebody who I actually do like a lot and, and listen to. Uh, Ariana Grande put a single out and announced it, like, literally the week before it dropped. Like, she was just, she did some vague Instagram post about that everybody immediately started trying to, like, decode and figure out what it was. And I think it was, like, four days later the single came out. And now they just know there's, like, an album coming at some point, but they have no idea what the date is. But it's, you know, of course, ult- super ultra hyped. And granted that's like Ariana Grande, she's gigantic and like one of the biggest pop stars in the world, she's but grande. I feel like Thank you, Ash. I feel like CD Project Red, <laughs> CD Project Red or like these like companies of this scale like Rockstar or something could literally drop like a Red Dead 3 teaser tomorrow, release the game next week and it would make a bazillion dollars without them having to do anything at all. Yeah. And it would avoid so much of this like churn and possibly avoid some of the, you know, devs having to like make a date that was never realistic because no date is ever realistic in the beginning like i just wonder if there's like new tactics to take with this when you're that yeah. large when you're that big of a company yeah. to be able to drop something like this i mean i'm trying can... to
1: think oh sorry
4: oh um you go ahead
1: well i i was just gonna say i i feel like someone did that at the game awards either this year or last year where because i th- i feel like i, I was there which means it was either either two years ago or, or last year. <laughs> right. Sorry. Oh wow. Um, and there was a reveal of something, and maybe I don't think it was a whole new game, but it might have been like new DLC or sure. yeah, something that people were stoked for. That at the end it just said like live tonight. Like what, oh, by well, the time yeah. you get home, people in the in the audience, or like That's at cool. midnight tonight, it's live, That's and fun. like the crowd lost their minds. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah why don't more people do that? <laughs>
0: because it's like cyberpunk was announced like two years or three years ago like it was a long freaking time ago when they announced the game and granted to their credit they were just like it's gonna come at some point who knows you know and like of course at some point they set a hard date and then they have to start working towards it or whatever but it just feels like it's set up to like create these entitled assholes like creating death threats or whatever online by saying like oh we're gonna create a game and giving all this runway to it i don't know it just is weird to me and i've always wondered if there were like new tactics but i also feel like there's no business conference room in any multi triple a you know 200 million dollar game room that's going to be like yeah let's not say a word about the game (laughs) so we're going to put it out like no one would do that they'd be like there is zero way we're going to do that you know they're going to try
4: imagine could you imagine a world
0: I just feel like it would be like, I feel like Rockstar could do it. And it would just be, it would just blow everybody out of the water. And they would just
4: like GTA six surprise. Yeah. 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 And everybody would just be like, holy shit.
0: And it would be like the craziest thing that's ever happened. And it would make, you know, be like when Radiohead did in rainbows and you're like, Oh, a a giant mega band just put a record out because they felt like it on their own online for free. And it just shattered how everybody was thinking about how to do that stuff, you know? So I don't know. Anyway, somebody listen to this and do that. I don't have. I'm yeah, not in, I'm not in those boardrooms. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you want
4: to be. What what um, Aaron said. I mean, like the the things that I'm most excited about when I'm watching like these kind of like game, you know, like E3 and like different like game presentation events is like the things that they're like, here's the thing and you can get it now, or here's yeah. the thing and it's coming next week. Like because there's plenty of things that we've seen over the past few years, like Cyberpunk, uh, Halo Infinite. Um, Bethesda was working on some kind of space game. Ubisoft yes, was working Starfield, on. Um, yeah. Was doing uh, what is that? Beyond good and evil, and like when? Mm-hmm. W- when? Like it doesn't. Who knows? Like, right. So like, there's hype for like a second, and then you just wait. And then what do you do while you're waiting? Right. So, um, yeah, I can wait. Right. It feels like
0: need... that's truly for investors, right? Like yeah, it has nothing to a do a with people buying, and it's it. really just like, hey, people who are investing in this company, please don't stop. We're working on a title that everybody's excited mm-hmm. about. And so keep giving us money to do it. But it's just very like, I don't know, like Apple is like the freaking you know, masters of this where they like, nobody knows what's going to come out. And then they get on stage and they go, here's the thing nobody knew was coming. And now it's coming and it's available tomorrow. And you're like, "Ah," everybody loses their mind or whatever. (laughs) But I don't know. It just seems doable. And it seems like it would alleviate some of this. Just insanity that happens around these games, whether it's, whether it's burnout with, with devs or whether it's, you know, whatever the online entitlement shit that happens around some of this stuff. It just feels like we need new tactics to figure out how to handle it, you know?
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I don't want to, like, promote this too much, but, like, the, you know, like, something I get excited about is when um, I'll see, like, an announcement for a game and they'll be like, oh, it's in Game Pass. Like, when things are, like, released directly to Game Pass and it's not something I've heard of, but it's, like, an indie and they're like, here's this cool indie, here's the mechanics, here's the trailer, oh, by the way, it's, like, available right now and it's in your subscription and you can go play it like those kind of announcements are really exciting and yeah um, i think that generates the hype because it's right there in the moment i can just hit like click download and then play it later or whatever that night yeah um that kind of stuff is exciting yeah
3: yeah
2: oh gosh video games um
3: (laughs) i just i'm sorry like
2: it's sort of like I, I, the only reason I say that is because, like, I, I work in community management, so like, I like hearing you guys talk about this kind of stuff. It brings back I have like uh, a past with uh, dealing with angry communities, uh, with mm. some titles that were you know, expectations were not properly managed a- along the mm. way, marketing perhaps too early, just a lot of like really sore subjects that like still kind of haunt me to this day. Um, so it's very interesting to see. You know what the future does hold for it all because you know there is it's scary to be on the developer side and to have people you know send you messages with like your own home address or mentioning people at the studio by name things like that that are uh make you feel very unsafe to do your job Um, no one should ever experience that so uh, anything we can do as a as a global community to make sure that doesn't happen is awesome so i think there does need to be there just needs to be a universal standard for what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in in the game space and it should just be something that is a law that if you threaten uh someone who works on you know something like this by name or threaten violence in any way then you can be held accountable and that and that should be it so yeah but um jumping over to the MCU very quickly there's been i mean we haven't talked about this in so long there's so <laughs> much news here but I feel like a lot of it is uh, because of, because of COVID and what's going on in the world. Like who knows when we're actually going to see any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like Marvel's holding it all back because it's worth so much money and they just don't want to put it out there. They don't want to lose money on, on something that they know is going to just, uh, you know, if it was a a major theatrical release, it would make a billion dollars. So they don't want to do that. But some quick little news items. Uh, The big one this week was that Oscar Isaac, Has uh, apparently was it official now? Because it was very rumored earlier. I've heard mixed things, but this week apparently he did sign. uh, He is going to be Moon Knight for Disney Plus, which is uh, really cool. Uh, I really like Oscar Isaac. Um, That dude's
0: in everything. He is. It is insane. He's having a moment. How much stuff he's in?
2: (laughs) Yes, I cannot imagine how exhausted he must be because it's uh he he has liquid. Is there so
0: there is no major sci-fi franchise that he's not part of now star trek he hasn't done star trek he's got to get star mm. trek knocked off his list and then he's, he's solid can
1: you are you allowed to be in both star wars and star I Trek? i
0: don't know if elect- anyone That's is oscar complex. isaac will be that man <laughs> yeah, <I think> so. <laughs> he's now been in marvel movies he's been or he's been in uh, x-men movies he'll be a marvel mcu character he'll be uh star wars he'll be dune uh I'm and a slew which. of indies No, oh, like really a million to be yeah.
1: both of those things
0: yeah guys, just everywhere He's i great. love it i think he'll be awesome in this i think that's a great casting they tend to cast very well but that's a super great casting for one of my favorite weird marvel characters
2: yeah i'm curious the the route that they take with moon knight and uh if he'll have any interaction with the rest of the MCU I mean apparently all these characters are going yeah. to interact with the rest of the MCU at some point but it would be weird seeing Moon Knight talking to like Captain Marvel like what would they <laughs> what Would they even talk about <laughs> unless they are going to in like you know <clears throat> 10 years do Secret Wars or something where there's everybody shows up again
0: it feels but, like that's where they're headed I mean like all these shows <clears throat> that they're creating for Disney Plus are apparently very tied in it's looking like the, um, the Scarlet Witch one is going to be super super tied in so it's like I don't know. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. I remember when they pitched all these Disney Plus shows, and it was all the movie stars. I was like, "What? How would you even?" They're gonna get all these like, triple A movie stars into like a Disney Plus show. That seems very weird. Right. And now they're proving it out as like a. That's literally what they're gonna do, and it's gonna you know all tie in and be this big universe and
2: Disney Plus <sighs> yeah. is gonna make crazy. a lot
0: of money. They're um, already making money. Don't worry about them. Yeah. Shang Chi. Shang Chi.
2: No, they are making a lot of money. Speaking of which, Mandalorian drops in 45 minutes um or Whoa. 55 minutes. Um Shang-Chi I thought it was November.
0: Oh man. No,
2: Great. it's it's tonight. Cool. Uh Shang-Chi just wrapped production um and the the crew is incredibly hyped about it, so that's actually in the can which is good exciting to see. They delayed cool. for a while because of COVID, but they they finished it. They had a close set with all sorts of new mask rules and all that wild stuff going on, but they finished it, which is awesome to see that. Movies are still being made, thank goodness Um, Big thing for Spider-Man 3 Which actually started filming I think yesterday in Atlanta But Jamie Foxx is back As Electro, which is so weird This like
0: broke This broke everybody because it means that they're doing Spider-Verse It basically They also leaked a shot that they quickly Walked back that had Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire In it as well Mm. and then they deleted it. They were like, oh, that's not a thing. We're not doing that. That's a joke. Nobody's doing that. It's a joke thing. you know? but Oh, man. It's pretty clear at this point that whatever's happening in the WandaVision and the first Doctor Strange movie are going to break open the universes inside of Marvel, and we're going to start seeing this kind of insanity, and they think that the Spider-Man movie is going to be heavily tied in with uh, a multiverse and, and essentially the Spider-Verse, and we're going to get everybody. All, cool. all of all of everybody <laughs> you're gonna get gonna be green goblin and you know saying godspeed spider-man and stuff oh no please no more william defoe it's gonna be william defoe
1: <laughs> come on i, I love william defoe bring him take in it. let's yeah. do
2: it only if he can do like a spider-man version of his death scene from platoon where he's like running in slow motion <laughs> <Get
1: him. laughs> i'm sure he could
2: he probably, he's probably be as william defoe uh, he can do anything He's in Aquaman though, so can he double dip? Can you do that?
0: Yeah, of course. I guess oh, you can. There's You're rumors. Defoe, there's.
2: you can.
1: D- oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just a total <laughs> explosion of my brain. <laughs> Never I almost,
0: mind. I almost expected Willem Dafoe to come bursting. Are come there burst. any DC Marvel crossovers?
1: I was trying to think. There's, there's rumors I about open Cavill. My mouth.
0: There's rumors about Henry Cavill, but. Oh yeah. Come see on. if that happens. That would be insane if if Superman crosses over to MCU. Oh,
3: that would be
1: bonkers. That would be insane.
0: I forget what character. The rumors that he's been is it Captain Britain maybe?
2: Oh yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Captain Britain. That's I believe it's such Captain a Britain. weird character though. I can't see. Dude.
0: <laughs> Iron Man. Like <laughs> the characters yeah, that we all think true. are like these like classic Marvel characters were such like sea level characters before they got movies that's made true. about them.
2: That's true. Um, they went ahead and cast Kamala Khan yeah. with a first-time or unknown actress uh, Iman uh, Valani, and yeah. I think she's she's younger. She's like, uh, like twelve or thirteen. She's
0: aged appropriately for the character, which is great.
2: Yes, At <laughs> by the time they actually really get through cool. with, you know, finishing her stuff, she'll be you know a little bit older. But apparently, and she's bit, super
0: stoked too. I've seen uh, a bunch of stuff about it. And so she's cool. she seems very like you know this is huge and cool, which is like exactly the person you want playing it right like this character who also thinks yes. it's huge and cool that she's a superhero <laughs> like yes it just feels yeah. very natural and awesome
2: she's such a cool character and apparently they're gonna be bringing her to the the cinematic universe as well so it's not yeah. just a Disney plus show so we'll see Kamala yeah. Khan on the big screen and Kamala Khan was definitely the best part of the the Marvel's Avengers uh, game as well that just came out yeah. she was great oh cool so good in that so incredibly good. Um, and the last little bit is Hawkeye apparently this week too uh, started filming in Atlanta as well. This so. is the
0: Disney Plus show, Hawkeye. Yeah,
2: Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Kate so Bishop. Yeah. yeah. It's going to want to say that that Haley Steinfeld is Kate Bishop for sure, but they haven't done a real announcement for. I
0: thought um... Kate Bishop was already in the MCU. Is it not? Oh, no. It's his. Okay. Yeah. She's not. Never mind. I'm thinking of his uh, daughter, Ant Man's daughter.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Cassie. Cassie Lang. Cassie Lang. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's lots of stuff going on in the MCU. Like I, we talk about this every week now, but it's a who knows if we're going to be going back to the movies anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I would miss it terribly. Like I was thinking about today, too. like, God, I just want to go with like a giant XL popcorn and just sit for three hours and like watch something in the mm-hmm. dark. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So we'll see. Um. Let's quickly jump just for our questions of the week. And this is our Halloween questions I like of joy. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone can jump in here. What is your favorite Halloween memory? Does anyone have a favorite memory? I got up? one. Yes. Go for
1: it. I, I honestly cannot remember how old I am, but it was the year that I did that classic, like how can I game this to get the king size candy bars? like. Nice finding someone to drive me and my friends to the neighborhood that we knew had it yeah and like like keeping track of the houses I never used this data to like game it the next year which is <laughs> the move right. wasn't smart enough then but it was a very ex- I felt very proud of myself that year
2: nice That's awesome how many did yeah. you get did you get some
1: king-sized? It was, like, the whole block. I mean, it wasn't a lot of houses, but it was just, like, that one street where everyone agreed, like, we're going to be the street, which I would love to live yeah. on that street, you know? Like, right. like yeah, we're going to be the whole block. So, you know, it was, like, 17 or something like that. But that's – come on. There you uh, go. That's, that's, that's a jackpot. That's you got
2: to do it. That's yeah. awesome. What about you guys?
0: I have one – I have two that I have to ask Scott because I have a terrible <laughs> memory and I forget okay. things all the time. And I'll ask in a second. But the first one I was going to mention is – uh, a thing that I did later in life which is I dressed up as quote everyone's high school coach I used to make up uh, costumes yes. I'd make up <laughs> costumes that weren't real costumes I just like kind of went to Walmart like put something together and then would go to a party that I would hate going to usually and uh, I dressed up as everyone's high school coach and I want to say it was Cohen our friend Cohen's Halloween party I don't remember whose house it was at I think it was yeah and I walked in with Melissa who was dressed as like a bumblebee I think and everybody recognized Melissa right away. And I walked in, got a beer, and sat, I think, next to Ash, to be fair. And he looked right at me, did not know who I was. Oh, Other yeah. people were looking at me. And then I think I said something. And everybody looked at me and was like, Matt? And I went, yeah. And everybody started dying. They were like, I thought some creepy dude just walked into our Halloween party. So oh, I was well. in I was in a like sweatshirt, all gray sweatshirt, uh, short shorts, uh, crew socks pulled up with sneakers on. I had... Yeah. I had the clear glasses, so the clear yep. like athletic glasses. Melissa drew a mustache on me, and I uh, had like a Notre Dame cap pulled like low oh, over so my good. face. And oh, I had, a wa- I had I think, I had a time watch. I had like a stopwatch and a, a whistle. Yeah, everybody, Amazing. nobody knew who I was. I didn't look. I looked like me, but not exactly like me. It was but uncomfortable. It, and then in a circle with everybody, they all went around and told stories about that i did look exactly like their high everybody went to different schools and i looked exactly like everybody's high school coach from from whatever pe class they had that's yeah. incredible didn't yeah. didn't you do a, a batman
4: one year that's was my that favorite one? i was gonna
0: that's the next question scott i'm gonna know, answer sorry. that one down there don't worry okay, uh, the don't questions worry. i had for scott really quick was one was one before i turned 16 did we drive your mom's car to go to where the big candy bars were for halloween once
4: Uh, I know that we went to Taco Bell once. Did we
0: just do Taco Bell? I think so. Scott's cool mom, allegedly, so she doesn't get arrested for this. (laughs) When I was 15 and I already had my learner's permit, she let me drive this like totally (laughs) POS, like 1972 Honda Civic or something. Honda Accord. Honda Accord. Yeah. the thing couldn't get above 30 miles an hour it was the worst My car ever created the only
4: ones that could start the car
0: <laughs> it was so amazing oh, but she let us drive it and i have this weird vague memory that we took it for halloween once to go somewhere but i don't remember where <laughs> and then the other question was were you with me did we get our candy stolen one year too when we were like 13 and we oh, went man. to some block and we had like that classic halloween movie where or episode where the big kids stole our candy
4: i know i, I was not with you for that okay i don't remember that
0: I'm pretty sure that happened too, but it also could just be me watching an insane amount of TV growing up and, and mixing <laughs> stories into my brain. So it happens. Who knows? But I think I did have that happen because I remember going back to my mom, and my the, they stole our pillowcase, and that's what my mom was mad about. <laughs> oh, <that's your> pillowcase. <laughs> nice. Hey, they're oh,
3: not cheap.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. My my favorite was probably uh, right out of school i uh, worked at halloween horror nights for one year wow. and it was like the most it was the most fantastic experience simply because you would show up for work at like four thirty p.m <laughs> <laughs> you could get in a costume like before work started they would be like all right well you have like two hours before you really got to get ready like the park's open for employees so you could like run around universal With like a bunch of people like in half half ass monster makeup and just like go on all the rides. So we would just go on the rides and hang out. And um, we had this really dysfunctional like trailer that we would all get dressed in. And like and people brought their PlayStation in and Xbox in and there's just snacks. So it was like this like weird collection of like misfits that would just like hang out and play video games and like go run around Universal. And then we'd have. 45 minutes on and 45 minutes off and so basically you've got to like stand in a fun house dressed as something weird and scare the shit out of people for 45 minutes and then go eat and play video games for 45 minutes and do this until like three in the morning and it's like the best job you could ever have in the whole world wow. So I did it for like I don't know three months. Uh, I used all literally all the money to buy one of those like big honker TVs from like you know oh, like yeah. the early two thousands. Yeah, it's like every every penny of that to buy one of those TVs. I
0: think you still had that when we started hanging out. Uh, I think you, I did. Yeah, do lost nights on that thing. That I thing
2: think. was like around for a very long time. um yeah. but yeah, that was that was the best, and it was and they still did like the bill and ted show at universal oh. and it was it was so it was so good such a great good experience memories. good memories. and like all of us like at the our little fun house uh ended up getting along pretty well it was like just a, a neat you know little three and three month chunk of time yeah that was uh really positive so uh the next question is what was your
4: With very Scott, did you get to do cost- yours or no oh yeah oh do you have um, one i'm not like i hate to admit this i'm not like super stoked on halloween but <laughs> um very recently like obviously i have a kid and i was able to take him to the place where i physically used to work when we could actually go to a physical place to work mm. and um they we did this two years but one year they had like a like an inflatable slide to go on and he oh, like wow. down the slide and you can trick-or-treat all the little businesses on the campus and that's um, cool and it kind of just blew his mind because like we got to go to dad's work like um you know like at night and uh the group that i was working in set up like these like minecraft stations so he got to play like minecraft and he got like some yeah, swag cool. and he thought it was like the coolest thing ever and i was like okay we're good yeah yeah like there's nothing nothing is going to top this and that was like that was pretty awesome for that's me cool. to be little, for him to see that yeah awesome
2: Uh, Next question is, what was your your favorite costume or your best costume over the years?
0: So Scott hinted mine, but uh, (laughs) I think the year probably either before or after I did everyone's high school coach, I did uh, out-of-work Batman. And I bought, um, I'm not, I have a, I have a belly. So I bought a smaller than good sized Batman shirt. (laughs) <laughs> that kind of hung my gut out a little bit. And then I bought like a kid's Batman mask and a kid's Batman belt. And then I oh, put a yeah. cape on and I, the belt like barely fit around me. And then I wore uh gray sweatpants that I like crapped up with like soy sauce and stuff. So they looked like they were just like super dirty. And I wore flip flops, I think. And then I hung a sign around my neck that said, we'll fight crime for food. <laughs> and, oh, man. uh, And then I went to the party and we were just hanging out and then our friends Haley and I think whoever she brought at the time were Joker and Harley Quinn. So I had a Joker and Harley Quinn with me that we took pictures and I really like ponched out and looked as gross as I possibly could. But it was, it was out of work. Batman was, was by far my favorite costume I've ever put together.
2: That's a good one.
0: Uh My least favorite you have there was I was a hobo as a kid they had like it's a terrible costume i don't know why this was a thing but in the 80s they had like hobo costumes like literally you would dress up as a like 1930s cartoon hobo yeah with like a bindle a a bindle and like a broken down jacket and then they had a mask of like an old man it was like this creepy old man mask and my my parents dressed me up as that i like i don't even know how many years i was i was a quote hobo (laughs) like it's like it had to be it had to be probably from like age six to age eleven I was a hobo or something. It was beyond normal and okay, but that's the eighties that's what it was and yeah so, there you go oh,
2: what you like, Scott, do you have a favorite I, oh
4: my um growing up, my mom used to make uh Halloween costumes because you could go to whatever the fabric store and get those patterns, you know yeah, yeah, and so there's two that I remember is that my mom made one I was a shark one year, yeah, and the other one was like a like an astronaut but it was like all this reflective oh, material cool. like metallic metallic like fabric
3: that's awesome so
4: it was like this crazy red white and blue like spaceman costume i loved it it was awesome um my worst one i don't know i don't really have a, a worst one i i know that like uh i have an admiral akbar costume which is like that's, not bad. that's not bad i love that
0: thing man yeah. that's really good that's yeah, like solid Akbar cosplay. If you were to put that together and do to a Star Wars celebration <laughs> yeah.
4: with it, maybe I'll wear it this year and I'll take a picture. We can share. You should it. you should do that yeah. for sure. I don't know if, if I. Is. I I always like
2: I know my worst one. My bet I never really get there with my <laughs> costumes. It's always like my costumes are always like half half shitty and like I actually try but then they just fall apart. I did like two terrible things. Like one year, I tried to be a mummy as a kid. And just like wrapped myself up in like TP and cloth and like just like I was just and it was like 90 degrees.
3: <laughs> it's Florida. You know, Florida yeah,
2: Halloween. And, like, and I'm all just like wrapped in like swampy TP that's like getting, you know, soaked from sweat. Yeah. It's like <laughs> oh, th- that no. was terrible. But the worst, the very worst one that my wife still makes fun of me for was I tried to do. I used to be into like special effects and stuff and, like horror makeup and stuff. And I tried to do like a Wolfman costume Mm -hmm. so i had like like a i had like a michael j fox teen wolf like jersey and i was like i gonna do teen wolf and like i covered myself with spirit gum (laughs) and was just like sticking like pubes all over my body (laughs) to like make wolf hair and like it never really went on right or looked correct so i just looked (laughs) like this like you know like 1920s like horrible circus creature uh and like it was all like in my eyes and like between my fingers it was all just like being covered with you know with syrup it was awful 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 so like i wore that for like 10 minutes at a party and like quickly ran and changed into something else but my own like that that the wolfman was the definitely the worst terrible
1: i think my best costume was probably made and designed and made by my mother I was a candy corn. Best, oh, so it was perfect. just like a little nice. like cap, little triangle white cap, and then just a burp, like just sack that's, of fabric. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, and my worst—I don't know if it's my worst, but I remember being so unhappy with how it turned out. Similar to you, Ash, where I tried to be Molly from The Walking Dead, the character that I voiced, and I it's just like I couldn't. It, did, it was my first attempt together. at cosplay, let alone just a bad Halloween costume. It was just, it just never, it wasn't, it wasn't up to par. Oh,
2: it's <laughs> the worst that happens. It's always so, so yeah. disappointing. You're like, oh, what did I spent $10 on this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Could have
0: just... spent $6 on some secondhand Batman crap at know, the right? Spirit oh, Halloween store. <laughs>
2: uh, okay so there's this uh, there's this horrible lobster costume that I bought at a garage sale
0: (laughs) oh I think you rolled this out once oh yeah yeah it's been at my house for
2: like 20 years and I think it's been worn by like probably 20 or 30 people over the years for various (laughs) events it's the stinkiest like just like just sweaty lobster that (laughs) Christina keeps trying to throw it out but I'm like I'll never throw away the lobster costume it's has a legacy now uh, the last question is, what is your favorite candy of choice and your least favorite candy for the holidays?
0: We've all got answers here, right? Ooh, an easy uh, one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nerds Rope is the best candy. I may, ha- I may have to second- <laughs> <laughs> No agreements.
2: No, I may have to second that. I really do like Nerds Ropes. Uh, Nerds Ropes are pretty fantastic. I love like, it. People hate general- it though.
0: They're no, not I my least them. favorite by far. They're definitely not yeah. my least favorite. No. But it's Reese's peanut butter cups is is number one. Number one, Best.
3: whatever. Mm.
0: Look, I know my vices. You know, <laughs> that's one of them. <laughs> uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, what about you, I'm Scott? trying to think of my worst, my least favorite. So go ahead, Scott.
4: You know, I actually, I actually really like candy corn. Like Do you? The, yeah. I think really? that's fine.
0: I think it's a perfectly acceptable. Yeah. People hate on candy corn. Yeah. I don't think that's all right. I don't yeah. know
2: about candy corn, man. <laughs> I, uh, my least favorite is definitely uh almond joy because it'll kill me but beyond almond joy because it'll kill me um uh, what's the one the junior mints anything with like a mint in it i just oh. want to i just want to heave or butterfinger get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> what
1: i love Come butterfinger. on, <laughs> yeah, it's butterfingers no, it's no it's i'm with the ash amount of flossing, you have to do oh, i'm with Butterf- ash
0: butterfingers are very low on my list of acceptable candies <laughs> so
1: gross, so gross
0: uh i i mean i'm i'm really not a licorice person although who knows i'm much older than last time i've had it who knows like i like olives and crap that i didn't like when i was younger too so maybe i like licorice now but it's it's low on the list i'm trying to think of the least favorite
1: anything banana flavored for me
0: oh yeah, oh, like, yeah. Or
1: laffy taffy or run get it out of here
0: yeah i think i had like banana laffy taffy before anything else like taffy wise yeah. And it like immediately made me think that's what all taffy was and oh, then I just no. avoided all taffy for like a long time growing up I was sad. like taffy's disgusting. How can anyone eat it? Uh, and then I remember we were on a trip to like Boston and I was like 16. I was well into <laughs> being, you know, a person with a opinions <laughs> and stuff and I had like saltwater taffy for the first time. Uh, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, taffy's good." Yeah. <laughs> it's, actually, yeah, it's actually really good. I'm good. glad you fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, banana flavored stuff. I used to hate cherry flavored stuff too. I've gotten over that a little, but hmm. I'm trying to think of like, it's, it's probably licorice. I'm just going to roll black licorice.
2: Yeah. I, I hated banana runs so much. I remember throwing them away oh, all the time. God, you'd open up a package runs. and it'd be like four bananas and like one Not line. you be it. like,
4: what is this? Can't do it. Get mm. out of here. Any stinkers, Scott? I don't. I don't eat like the really sugary candies. I prefer chocolate, you know. So like other than candy corn, but like if it's like if it's something that's clearly just like it's just all sugar. It's like that that grainy kind of sugary texture. Like don't like it. It's a hard pass for me. Mm. Like I still yeah. the candy corn. Like Smarties
1: chocolate. or something. Yeah. Which is literally just sugar, <laughs> sugar chalk into a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, yeah. I
4: want and I want Twizzlers. I like Twizzlers yeah. too.
2: Ooh, my wife yeah. still, my wife still goes out and buys Fun Dip. So that tells you. <laughs> <No>.
0: that. <laughs> I like waffle. Do you guys waffle between, like sometimes I want like, sometimes I want like Starburst or or you know uh, one of those like fruity sugar candy. Scott, you obviously don't, but I want like one of those or like skittles like holy god i could throw down some skittles on occasion but then i'll be like i don't want this is so gross i just want like chocolate or i want like you know peanut butter cups or whatever
1: yeah that's where i go with the nerds rope like i can't binge on nerds rope i like i won't last but like a single nerds rope is just so satisfying to me but yeah i would go for like just nice chocolate any day
0: yeah
2: yeah i'm there i'm there with the nerds rope it can be overwhelming
1: yeah, but darn, so isn't good. One. Yeah. I have friends who say it's like eating teeth, um, <laughs> which seems to resonate with wow. a lot of people in my bubble. <laughs> and it, they, that's why I think of it every what a Halloween.
0: visceral and explanation like, of what yeah. nerds rope is like. That is, yeah. that is like you feel that in your core when somebody oh. says yeah. it's like eating teeth. And
1: oh. then my friend Claire Hummel, who's an artist drew up a picture of a little girl with nerds rope for teeth and it's oh.
3: untamed. <laughs> so oh.
2: good <laughs> i love it
1: happy halloween
2: happy halloween happy everybody. halloween uh, all right well, let's get out of here um <laughs> thanks for listening to episode 364 of the rated n a podcast and thanks for tuning in to our halloweeny episode yeah. um everyone yeah. where can you be found aaron where can you be found we'll start with you.
1: uh com or Aaron underscore Avet on twitter or instagram which I am not on right now
2: you're taking a break so, good for you
1: yeah you're
2: gonna wait till after the election
1: <laughs> who knows who knows what'll
0: bring who me knows back? how long I saw somebody tweet just five days until we get a whole new set of anxieties to deal with
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seriously yep.
2: oh my gosh I'm gonna have runny bowels that whole a whole couple of days <laughs> Uh, Scott, you have anything to plug? You just want to say hello? Hello. <laughs> welcome back, good. Scott. It's good to yeah, have you. Welcome fun. back. Good to be back.
0: Yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember if you were on Instagram the other day. Melissa asked, and I was like, I don't even know. I think so. Yeah. But we found you. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, just
4: a watcher. Just a watcher. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I don't know. Matt history on Twitter. And that's it. Everything else is private. It's the only public thing I have. I turned funny. off my Instagram. I turned off my Facebook.
2: Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Nerd Appropriate on Twitter. I don't think I have anything exciting to plug just yet, but thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with an all-new episode.
3: Happy Halloween!
2: Happy Halloween!
3: Happy Halloween!
2: <laughs> Stopping recording now. <laughs>